This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Shauna Sherpon talks about becoming Catholic. This is an inspirational story of how God reaches down and touches each of us personally. We just have to recognize His touch. Here's Shauna Sherpon being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger. We welcome in uh, Shauna Sherpon, currently in her first year working as science teacher at Dodge City High School in Dodge City. She is a graduate of Fort Hayes State University and converted to the Catholic faith four years ago and is here to share her her story. So Shauna, welcome in this morning. Together, we'll welcome in this morning. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you were raised. Okay, um, well, my parents were raised in very Catholic families, and then through different circumstances, they are no longer practicing Catholics, but I was still raised with, uh, like, once-a-year mass. Um, my, so my parents were raised Catholic, but we didn't go to mass except for once a year with my grandmother. And so I really didn't have any sort of background on the faith at all. Uh, and so I went through school, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school. And then in high school, I had um, a really big bout of like low points and just like questioning, like, what is my life coming to? Like, where am I going from here? And that's where I like first got introduced to the hope. A lot of my conversion story is just rooted in hope, um, and it's the hope that Christ gives us, the hope in the resurrection and all of that. And so um, kind of like a small little bit is uh, I started going church hunting, and I found myself to Immaculate Heart of Mary here in Hayes, Kansas, of all places. And being a woman of science, I was like, hmm. I'm going to ask God a question, and we're going to see if he can answer it, because I don't think he will. And so that's exactly what I did. I went to Mass, and then during Father's homily, he answered my question that only God and I knew. And then I'm like, hmm, I wonder if this can happen again. And so after four or five consecutive weeks, I went back with a different question, and every single time, Father would answer that question in his homily. And... Uh, At that point, I'm like, okay, like, God, if you want me to be Catholic, you have to tell me what to do, because I have no background. Like, I have nothing other than once once a year Mass. And so I go to Mass, and Father's homily comes and goes, and (laughs) then at the very end, because my grandmother always taught me you stay for the announcements, and so I stayed in During the announcements, Sister Bev walks up to the ambo and says, the first thing she says is, if you want to be Catholic, come talk to me. I'm like, oh, dang, I have to be Catholic. (laughs) And I'm I'm assuming this is when you were going to Fort Hayes State. It was right before I started uh, college. So this, I graduated in 2015. So I really got like told that message of hope on March 26, 2015. I graduated, I moved up to Hayes in the summer, and then I uh, started church hunting up here as well. And then I heard Sister Bev right at about the time I started college, my freshman year of college. 
So, so that's what, kind of where it all began. Now, being raised in a home where faith was not a part of your your life or a big part of life, how did you come to know that the God, the the love that God had for you? Where did that all start to develop? So that's a very like gradual thing that I kind of had to learn because it definitely didn't come natural. Like I went with questions, and it was a lot of like dissent, and so it. As I like started learning about the faith through RCIA, but also like within the campus center at Fort Hayes, then like it's very much a a gradual of learning about the faith and coming to learn like who God is, not just in the the head knowledge, but the heart knowledge, um, and really coming to know who He is and like how He loves me specifically. Like He loves everyone, but how does He specifically love me? Um, and just, yeah, slowly learning about myself and how God works through me and within me. So well, we're now an interesting thing, apparently your oldest brother converted to the Catholic faith. Um, was that about the same time that you did or was that before you did? And, and how did how did that affect you as far as looking into the faith? Yes. So my eldest brother, Brian, actually converted two years before I entered the church and Growing up, I was always kind of in the shadow of my eldest brother. And so when I first started looking at churches, I definitely did not want to be Catholic uh, because my thought process was I didn't want to be in his shadow anymore. But like it was one of those like it was the only place that I really found peace. And then again, like you can't argue when like God is literally taking you hand by hand and giving you like. 100% certainly like he's answering all of my questions like why what how does this happen like Mm -hmm. that's super crazy Uh, and so I really if you give the Catholic Church a chance you can't deny it so it just Mm -hmm. it happens you have to convert (laughs) let's talk a little bit about going through the RCIA process and let me back up before we get there you obviously that decision was made I want to join the faith you know, the, the announcement that Sister Bev made at Immaculate Heart of Mary was, was instrumental in that as well. But what was, what was it that finally, you know, you said, okay, I'm, I'm jumping in, I'm going to do this. What was that? Was there a point where you said, okay, this, I'm ready to become Catholic? It really, was, it really comes down to the, like, it was trial and error, um, kind of like the scientific method, where, like, it was that moment where, Um, Every single time I went with a question or a concern, um, like God would answer that for me. And that had never really happened before. And so that moment of like, he really cares for me and he cares enough to answer my questions as weird or as random as they are. And so it was like after that, like fourth or fifth week of going with these questions and I'm like, okay, like, if you're going to tell me how to do it, then I'll do it. Just point me in the direction and Mm -hmm. I'll run. Mm -hmm. So Very good. Well, so let's talk about the RCIA process as far as what do you remember learning about the faith and maybe kind of go through that process and what that was like for you. Uh, (laughs) So RCIA, it's a very, like, interesting program. Um, So 
not only like after I've gone through it, but I also helped out with RCAA. And each group is always a little different. Um, it all depends on like who is kind of their, like their backgrounds, like what they're interested in. And like me having really absolutely no background at all in any sort of faith. It was really good, the group that I was with especially, because the group had a lot of like Protestant background as they were converting. So they asked all these different types of questions. And so like, I don't have anything specific that I like really learned from RCIA other than like the obvious, like what we believe and like a little bit of church doctrine and stuff like that. But it was really like, conversing with other people and like learning about God's love through them um, and like having those like little small group and like really diving into the Bible and like like the woman at the well or mm-hmm. the story of Zacchaeus um, and different things like that and like diving into that and having like the guided meditations those were really neat and like really helpful with like forming my heart and my mind in the Catholic faith. So when it when it came to uh, sponsor for you, was that somebody that uh, was part of the RCIA team then then became your sponsor? Did you have somebody that you chose as your sponsor? I didn't have anyone off the top of my head. And the first person other than Sister Bev, when I walked into the RCA, like little area, was the person who ended up being my sponsor. And she is absolutely phenomenal so okay well great and so as as far and at this point where are you you you're at are you at fort hayes going to class now or what as far as in your i'm just trying to get kind of the timeline is this when you're a student at fort hayes yes so it all happened really really (laughs) fast so i really heard that message of hope on march 25th or sorry march 26 2015 i graduated high school I heard Sister Bev and I started college uh, that fall. And then I entered RCA program in September. And then I entered the church on March 26th, 2016, an exact year later when I first heard that message of hope. So at that time you were going, your first year of college basically. Yes. At that time, wow. So uh, at at the night you received all the sacraments of initiation, what was the most impactful thing you remember from that night it's a beautiful mass the easter vigil is beautiful what do you remember most other than being on a god high the entire time uh just being high on the love and like mercy that god gives you the moment that like really really struck me was baptism Uh, because I was a catechumen and so I hadn't received any initiation Mm -hmm. sacraments and so when I, like you have on like the brown garment and you like walk through, like you literally walk through the baptismal font. Mm-hmm. And I remember just like I was standing in there and Father Barry was like pouring the holy water over my head. And it was just like, kind of like a little bit of like rain just falling. But I remember like as I was walking out, like as you were coming out of that water, like literally everything just starts dripping away and that like sense of time completely stopped and like you couldn't really see anything that you were there or like anything around you it was just like everything was kind of like stuck in a moment 
like you're present but you're not present and just like everything is pure and like all of like everything that I had been carrying up until that point just literally melted away with the water and to be honest I barely remember my confirmation or the first Eucharist but I I remember just walking out of that baptismal font just feeling fully alive for the first time. Well, I do want to ask, um, one of the things, obviously, is you have the opportunity to go to confession. Was that experience for you, for some, it's very intimidating. For some, it's, you know, I've heard different comments from different people coming into church, and those especially who maybe are from a faith background that, that just, that was such an odd thing. So what was that experience like for you? Uh, <laughs> so my original thought was, hmm, that's weird people do that but like learning like the purpose of confession like that like really helped uh like with me going to confession like it makes sense like I go through baptism but I'm still a sinner and it's to confess those sins and like I mean there's a whole like psychology of it too like if you forget about theology but I actually really like going to confession. I know that probably sounds super, super weird to most people, but there's just something about being completely vulnerable and confiding all of your mess, like the mess of who you are, your brokenness, and giving that to someone who, I mean, is in persona Christi, who, like, I... I'm giving it to this person, but in reality, I'm not just giving it to them. I am giving it to Christ. And through the priest, I get to receive a very tangible, like, mercy and compassion from Christ, but also from the, like, wonderful priest that we have. So confession was, at first, like, a little weird, like, I don't know what to say, but like as I like started doing it more frequently, the more natural it became. And we're talking this morning with Shauna about her conversion story and uh, uh, her, her uh, entrance into the Catholic faith. And again, that was four years ago. So let's, I, I, I guess I'm curious too, a couple of things. Obviously, um, your family, you said your grandmother was Catholic, your parents were not practicing the faith. What was their reaction when you told them that you were coming into the church? Of course, your brother had already, but but what was the, what was the response from your parents? When... I became Catholic when I made that decision uh, and that decision to be open about my conversion to the Catholic faith. Uh, my parents didn't really have much of a reaction, actually. They were kind of like, oh, that's cool. Uh, your brother Brian converted and, you know, that's neat. Like, they're one of the first things that I remember them saying was, well, make sure you tell your grandma because your grandma's going to be so excited. And so other than my immediate family, she was the very first person that I told that I was converting to the Catholic faith. And I mean, she just stopped what she was doing and she just like came up and hugged me mm. and a little, little pretty, bit of tears in her eyes. <clears throat> that had to be a pretty special moment, I would think. Yes, very much so. So let's let's talk about maybe any, are there some challenges living with the faith when when your parents don't practice the faith? Does that is that really hinder things or make things difficult at times? Uh, in all honesty, it can. I know a lot of converts have this type of problem too, but it's your world is now very different than what it once was, and me being only a toddler. 
uh, of Catholic, uh, four years old being Catholic. It's very, it's very different because I have spent most of my life like entering into the worldliness and I like, I love my parents, but sometimes that it, it is hard because they're not used to me like saying no to some of the things that I would normally say yes to. And also trying to like be very cognizant, very intentional with like what I say, what I do and like referring everything back to Christ. And sometimes that gets a little bit difficult when it clashes with how we once used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that in the overall grand scheme of things, it like actually has probably improved all of my relationships because being Catholic, you are like now aware of the like human dignity and so you actually get to appreciate another human person more um and before i was catholic i definitely did not take advantage of that and so yeah conversing with my parents may be a little bit difficult sometimes with my catholic faith but i think it's become much more fruitful talking with them I guess let me ask you this, too. Were there any, you know, we, ju- we talk about some of the stumbling blocks, that, um, and sometimes it comes from other faith backgrounds that we may struggle with the transubstantiation, for example, or the Virgin Mary or pur- purgatory. Were any of those things, was there any stumbling blocks for you as you were looking at coming into the church? <clears throat> Not really. Going to Mass once a year, it was one of those that... I kind of, like, my grandmother taught me this, maybe not completely, but I kind of had an idea about it. Um, And so, like, actually accepting those truths, um, it didn't really, like, hit me. I, I will say, going through the RCA program, I, especially with the Virgin Mary, Sweet Mother Mary, just, like, realizing how instrumental her yes was to welcome the Holy Spirit into herself and then like be able to really like enter into that with Mary. So like the like how big Mary really is and like Catholics we don't worship Mary but like how instrumental she is to the Catholic faith. I actually grew in appreciation uh, through RCIA Um, studying Mary. But yeah, I really didn't have any problems with thinking of transubstantiation or anything like that, Um, especially when the next few years, um, I did two years of totus tuus and teaching with seminarians. (laughs) uh, I love like listening to seminarians, especially the first starting ones, because they are completely like confounded with like all the beauty and like that first start of learning not that older ones don't but (laughs) we need to take a short break right now but whether you're listening via radio computer phone app or on amazon echo please know we'll be right back with more about becoming catholic with shauna sherpon We're back on Divine Mercy Radio. One body. One body. 
Becoming Catholic. With Shauna Sherpon. Ken Billinger conducts the interview. Talking with Jonna Sherpon about her conversion to the faith. So through your time as Catholic, Shauna, what has been, as, as a vocational discernment, has, that, has there been any interest there? Or what has that looked like for you? Yes. Uh, so first becoming Catholic, it was definitely not anywhere n- near my radar. Uh, not even a thought. But as I started to spend more time like entering into my faith and also spending time with uh, people who were striving for holiness at the campus center at Fort Hayes. I really uh, started to be like, hmm, maybe I should like actually discern instead of just saying, oh, well, I'm going to be called to marriage, so I don't have to. And so, yeah, uh, that's been actually very interesting, like just being open. Like a lot of people, like if you stay five minutes after mass, then like there's like one person who comes up to you and is like, oh, are you going to be a sister? No, I was just, you know, praying and spending time with Jesus. But like that, like at first kind of like really shut me off toward religious life. But eventually like surrendering that like fear um, and everything to God. I mean, granted we can all work on that better, but yeah, vocational discernment is kind of a beast in itself because you enter into this time with yourself and being completely vulnerable with Christ in prayer and allowing him to reveal yourself to yourself. And so it's like allowing yourself to be led by the hand by Jesus to like see where does he want you, but also like what desires that he has put into your heart. And so, yes, I am definitely open to all vocations. Currently, I would say I am leading more on the religious calling, but I mean, only God knows. And may I have the grace to follow his call. But yeah, that's a little bit on a stand still right now because of the coronavirus. Right. So uh, let me ask you this as far as kind of a two part question, I guess, this time. One of the one of the keys as far as discernment goes for religious life and the priesthood is adoration. And I guess my first question is, was adoration something as a new Catholic that was a bit strange to you? Secondly, uh, maybe a three part question. Do you is adoration something that you um, really participate in? And has that also been a part of your discernment process as well? Yeah, so adoration at first uh, was a little strange, just like getting comfortable with the idea that Jesus is truly present, like knowing that, but like trying to transfer the head knowledge to my heart. So yeah, at first it is a little strange. As a friend of mine once said, uh, uh, she also a, a convert, Carly Albers, she was once said uh, with her conversion, like, yeah, Catholics are weird when you don't know what they're doing because it looks like they're worshiping a wafer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so taking that in mind, like uh, maybe a little bit weird at first, but then it's like, no, like he really is there. And to really enter into the the gaze 
from him and like to him and in adoration and like that moment of just looking upon him uh, and to like give yourself to him in that way. And so adoration as a part of my life, first being Catholic, I really didn't spend much time in adoration. And then through the campus center, uh, Father Fred Gatchett had the like 24 hours of adoration. And like the campus center has like the adoration signups. And that really um, like helped me to be like, well, if I sign up for an hour, I have to be there because actually no one else was in my hour at the time. And so it was like a a real like good moment to like start sitting down and like being present with Christ. And at first it was kind of the surface level stuff as I'm like starting to get to know him, but like spending more time in adoration and in the presence of him, like really like deepening that prayer life. So obviously that's become a very important part. Let's talk a little bit about the campus aspect of things for you. First of all, I'm going to back up. How about Catholic influences? Who has been influential in the Catholic world uh, that for you that uh, you know that you might say, well, this person, this person have been, you know, played a role in my Catholic, really growing in my Catholic faith. Oh, there's there's so many people, so many people, and especially to encounter, not just like experience a person, mm-hmm. but to encounter a person. So like the first person that like really would be my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And then in high school, there's really only one devout Catholic in my class, uh, my super, super small class. And so like e- like her testimony of trying to stay true to her faith, even when everyone else around her was trying to tear the faith down, but also her down. And so her name's Tracy. And so like having that, that witness to the faith was also really good. and watching like priests and like devout parishioners when I first started coming into the faith. And then like once I was actually in the faith, like spending time like talking with priests about like how to deepen my faith. Mm -hmm. And then at the campus center, Adam Urban, Mm -hmm. uh, so Sister Mary Francesca was the first person to introduce herself to me when I went to the campus center. And I didn't know her at first, but she was only there two weeks before she left to go join the Immaculate Heart of Mary Sisters mm-hmm. in Colwich. And uh, Sister Mary Francesca really like introduced me to Adam Urban and then Carly Albers and Kristen Brake. I guess it's Carly Orlowski now, actually. Mm-hmm. Carly Orlowski. I think we had Carly on the air at one time, too, with one of the pledge drives. I think she was on with us. So. Yes. Uh, but... Yeah, those those were kind of the first uh, people to like really take me in. And then I went to Crossroads, the retreat put on by the campus center. And like from that moment, uh, I really started getting uh, to know Brady Hutchison and Monica Michelle and also the whole Michelle family. Mm -hmm. But uh, like that, like entrance and like that, like. Adam and Cade and Carly and Kristen are all very assertive and like they are like very to like put it bluntly like gung ho mm-hmm. um, and it's it's like super inspiring especially when you want to go out and do something mm-hmm. and then like when they all graduated uh, like really having much more time to spend with Brady and Monica and Kristen was around a little bit too and so having that time of like 
more of like entering into like realizing how to encounter Christ in a person, but also to just sit and be. Mm-hmm. Like not say anything, not doing anything, just to be present with Christ and to be present with each other. Yeah. And to like, as I'm also trying to figure out like, oh, where is God calling me? And to also like have that opportunity with Brady because I got to talk to him and kind of prod his brain about like his, like his own discernment to enter seminary. And like that, that was just really good to have someone who was like not like a quiet reserved but like this like beautiful devout Mm -hmm. air to him so you mentioned tracy who was a classmate in high school and you said you were from a very did you grow up in a small town is that right or a small school yes both uh so i am from timken kansas Mm -hmm. so just a little bit southeast to here right and the district that I went to was Otis Bison Junior right. Senior High. Yeah, so. yeah, okay. So, and Timken, I, I believe there is a church, a Catholic church in Timken, isn't there? Yes. Think, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, it's actually a tri parish. Um, it's Liebenthal across in Timken. And I actually grew up literally right across the street from the church. It, like, until college, I have literally only been to the church maybe maybe 10 times actually even up until this point maybe 10 times been in that church mm-hmm. and like i was right across the street from it i could have gone but mm-hmm. it was just it was never a thing sure and that so i'm assuming most of the times you were with your grandma when you went then is that yes right? yeah. um so it was we always went christmas eve to my grandmother's house in hoisington kansas and it was always a thing that you went to Christmas Eve Mass with her. And so Father Anselm is actually there. And so when I hear the Gospel of Matthew, that, that genealogy, I will never not hear it in an African accent. It's just, it's stuck with me and it's, it's so beautiful. But like, that's, that's the only Mass that I ever went to mm. any of any of the year so well so i'm curious then too because you said tracy was influential because she really even though she took some heat for the faith and and uh is have are you still in contact with her is she aware that you've become catholic or is it i mean it's a small town so i assume you are but i'm just curious there yes we kind of lost contact for a little bit after high school me going through my phase and not realizing the type of person I had become in high school, which was not super great. I wouldn't want to be friends with me in high school. <laughs> uh, so, uh, like after being Catholic, like trying to establish a few bridges from the ones that I had burned, and then I got to like reconnect with Tracy, and that was great. And we actually spent a summer of Totus Tuus together, wow. teaching together, and that was really good. And uh, we still keep in contact every once in a while. She's also a first-year teacher. She teaches first grade in Wellington, Kansas. Okay, so, so she's a little ways away from you. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about Totus Tuus. You mentioned that. What was that experience like for you to be part of Totus Tuus? Totus Tuus is very interesting it's really it's really really hard if you sign up like don't expect an easy summer and it's it's one of those if you allow yourself it will be very very fruitful i definitely when i signed up i knew that it was going to be hard 
but my whole goal was I am going to be there for the kids. It doesn't matter like who my teammates are, like I am there for the kids. And so I first went in with that mindset. And so it was it was really good. Like I got to connect with all these kids and I got to like really see like the beauty of the faith in the children. And that was super great and like welcomed so generously by the communities that we visited, but also the teammates that I had was, it was absolutely great. My first summer, we had one that kind of quit in the midst of things. And so most of the summer I spent with Carly Orlowski and Seth Hostetler my first year. And so that was really good because Seth being very intentional with his prayer and me still being new to the faith. And I mean, Carly just always taking me under her wing in that way and spending time with her and like getting to know her. And then my second summer I spent with Tracy Ross, but also Lucas Rotes and Carson Hopped. And a whole different like personality switch. The three in my second summer were kind of like always bouncing around and full of energy and I'm like, oh my. Uh, but it was like beautiful to see that energy for the faith. Mm-hmm. So. You mentioned Carson, and that name rings a bell, and I don't know why, but I'm trying to. Is he, is he a seminarian by chance? Yes. Um, he's a Dodge seminarian for Dodge City. Okay, yes. that's where I remember. Okay, yeah, yeah, very good. I'm kind of making notes here uh, this morning, Sean, on, on some of the things we've talked about. And one of the things you mentioned was Adam Urban was influential for you. When Adam. You know, when you found out Adam was going into the seminary, which he, he's been a couple of years now, uh, what was that like? That had to be somewhat exciting for you. Yes. Um, so really great, like like getting to know him via the campus center. And then when he graduated, <clears throat> he went to Dodge City. And so like teaching Totus Tuus, I taught in the Dodge City Diocese. And so like basically working for Adam. And like when he told me that he was going to seminary and I'm like, I'm not too surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's, yeah, that was exciting for a lot of people to hear uh, Adam discern the vocation of the priesthood. Now in the Dodge City Diocese, we had a chance, of course, to talk to Adam yesterday. Did a great job talking about uh, four key saints and in times of crisis, and so did a wonderful job with that. So let's talk about, you, we talked about scripture a little bit. Um, but what, do you, any particular passages of Scripture that are maybe favorites of yours? Now, the, I don't want to put you on the spot. You may need time to think <laughs> about that. And we can always come back to that question. It's actually not the first time I've heard that question to me. And it probably definitely won't be the last one. But one that like I remember first reading, and again, like I mentioned that my conversion story is really a story of hope and the hope and the love of God. And so like one passage that I really remember like hearing uh, is Hebrews 6.19. The, uh, this hope is an anchor for our souls. Um, and that like that always kind of like really struck me. One, because I really love like fishing and swimming in the water in general, uh, which also makes sense why I was so struck by baptism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I really love that because like, my hope in Christ, the hope in the resurrection, the hope that he is who he says he is. And so that scripture verse like just always like speaks to me um, in that way. But uh, as for something specific to the gospels, I know in the Old Testament, there's like this little like bit where it's the it's a martyrdom of like 
Elias or something like that. Um, and I kind of like rereading through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the Gospels, one, I mean, there's so many stories to choose from, so many. But I remember like being really struck with like, I wouldn't say a vision, but like a really like deep, intimate encounter with Christ, uh, with the story of Zacchaeus. Uh, Because like in the story, it mentions how short he is. And anyone who knows me knows that I kind of pride myself on being short. (laughs) So you relate to Zacchaeus. Well, the other thing too, how about saints that you might have an affection for, saints that you follow? Is there a, a particular one that's a favorite or a couple of favorite saints? I actually, honestly, I need to learn more about saints. Mm -hmm. I could definitely work on that. But uh, other than the Virgin Mary, and I just, I I love Mother Mary. Mama Mary is so, so beautiful and so great and so pure. Other than her. Well, um, that's all right. That's a pretty good start. So, and and the faith is a lot to learn. So it's, um, you know, that's, and that's a great, you know, I don't think you can get a better start than that for sure. So, so let's talk a little bit about Catholic disciples. I'm sure that was part of your, uh, what you did on campus at Fort Hayes State. What was that experience like for you? Uh, it was really, really good. I like really appreciated like having that community, especially being new to Catholicism, having that community that was kind of always around um, and very like willing to enter into the life um, of prayer and of like devotion to Christ and like really having that and like the little talks and um, like stump the chump with Father Fred and Father Tony and all of those little times of just like being able to like ask questions, but also like the other like random talks that we would have and like people who would come and visit just to like give their their testimonies, their witnesses, their stories, but also to give knowledge uh, or a new perspective to remind a person not to just put God in a box, that he is more than just a box. But yeah, it. Catholic Disciples was a very, very good place to really, one, start in the faith, but also really nurture the faith and prepare you to go out into the world. It's always hard when you leave college because you don't have that community like mm-hmm. you used to, but it's, it's still a beautiful place to prepare yourself to enter into the rest of the world. Yeah. So I, one of the things that always excites me is just the fact that seeing the students, seeing young people on fire for the faith. I had an opportunity to to attend. One, we did a Catholic Disciples meeting presentation a couple of years ago. I didn't do the presentation, but it was a friend of mine. And I, I went with him just because I had the connection with Father Fred and Fort Hayes. And and uh, the experience for me was just, it was fantastic to see all these young people pile into the campus center uh, in the lounge area there, uh, gather around for Tony's talk, uh, my friend's talk, and then um, just just to see these kids, you know, really embrace what he was talking about, ask questions, talk about things and issues they're having. Uh, and then we went over into the chapel uh, for night prayer. And I walked, I remember walking into the chapel for night prayer and you could have heard a pin drop for one thing. And these kids were getting ready for night prayer and began night prayer. And it was like, this is incredible. We pray night prayer as, as uh, deacon candidates. And that's part of what we're, we're asked to do too. I mean, but, but that's part of it. But, and I was just blown away by how 
how they prayed the prayers, and then finishing with the Salve Regina, and I was blown away. I was almost brought to tears because they sang it so beautiful, harmonies going, I'm going, this is unbelievable. And here are, you know, 85 kids or whatever that number was in the campus center, and I was just so inspired by that. And that's something that I've always enjoyed is having the young people talking to the young people because the future of the church, but to see these young people really on fire for the faith and living their faith out and not being afraid to, you know, wear their faith on their sleeve because so many times we're afraid to do that because of the persecution that can happen, especially on a college campus. So I just salute the young people for that. I think it's so cool. Um, I have a good friend who's, whose daughter, we had a chance to interview her here. She's with uh, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I mean, uh, the uh, Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary as well, Sister Mary Therese. Um, and I don't know if you, did you ever get to know her? She might have been ahead of you a little bit. So Yes. In college, I didn't know her, but um, having visited the Immaculate Heart of Mary Sisters, I have gotten to know, there's actually quite a few Fort Hayes alumni yeah, in yeah. the IHMs. Yeah. And yeah, they're so beautiful. And the other thing that I love is the fact that it's a public university and we have the vocations coming out of there that, that are coming out. And uh, it's just, again, a credit to the people who have been there, Father Fred, and, you know, and now we have Father Brian and Father Ryan there and, and just doing some great things. And I know there's a little, is there still the rivalry? There's kind of that rivalry, I think. Being, and and uh, obviously, Father, I don't want to forget Father Jarrett because he's part of that as well. And uh, But I think there seems like a little rivalry between Fort Hayes and K-State with uh, Father Gale down there. Is, is, that, is there a little bit of a rivalry there? Yes, <laughs> especially when you fr- throw Father Jarrett into the mix. I, I think they enjoy, especially Father Jarrett and Father Gale, having that little rivalry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, especially with, I can't remember what it's called, but it's kind of like the Olympic Games for Catholics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like college, like campus centers um, get together and they just have like these little games and tournament sort of thing. And yeah, there's there's definitely a rivalry between K-State and Fort Hayes. Yeah. Well, and it's great because I see, I, I, I'm actually, I don't get on Facebook a lot, but I know we're on the Catholic Disciples. We're part of the, the group there. And so we, you know, I like to just kind of keep a, an eye on what's happening there. And I just remember seeing the video of Father, Father uh, Jarrett uh, and the full group of students and they all started cheering and he said hey father gail so i knew there had to be something going on there so mm-hmm. well shauna thank you for coming in and sharing your story appreciate your time we'll continue to pray for you it's a great story that you have and and just uh, continue to be bold and share your faith with others and and welcome to the church and i know you've been here for a little while now but thanks for sharing with us this morning thank you for having me yeah. i appreciate it all right Thanks for tuning in to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you're a business that can help support this One Body show, please know you'll receive three underwriting spots per show, and the show runs five times a week. Plus, you'll be listed as a sponsor on the One Body page of Divine Mercy Radio's website. If interested, please call 785-621-4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 88.1 KVDM Hayes, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and KJDM 101.7 Salina, and soon KMDG 105.7 in Hayes. If today you hear his voice, pardon not your hearts. One body. God's creation